podcast with me phil and me paul hey paul's back paul is back <laughs> so i'm just having to re-educate myself into <laughs> you forgot what to do there, didn't you? <laughs> did you have a good christmas sir uh, no not really <laughs> there you go <laughs> well folks welcome back to the last misery half hour of the year <laughs> I mean, not 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 due to anybody I was with, really, particularly. No, you've just been, you've been just under the, the weather, haven't you? Not being well. Yes, yes. It's um, the, it's the, I think this can be voted the sickliest podcast of twenty fourteen because I think most of last year I had colds and sore throats and Christ knows. I, I don't think we've ever done one this year. That haven't done one this year that we're, both of us have been come on saying <laughs> I feel great. <laughs> We have to do one drunk one yet at one time. I think just as the awful fantastic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, you mean you're not doing that? No. <laughs> Surprisingly right, enough, all right. no. All right. Well, we'll have to do one where we're both sober then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are we doing then, Paul? What are we doing this week? It's last Christmas, isn't it? It is. Yes, we're doing. It yes, of course we're going. Re- it will be my last. <laughs> Yes, we are going to be reviewing last Christmas, uh, this year's Doctor Who special. Uh, but first, let's have the last news items of the year. Wow, so like, yes, um, one thing that's sort of been in doubt of the last few months and has been um, has been confirmed now is Jenna Coleman is staying on for Series 9 of Doctor Who. Now, those of you who've watched the Christmas special, you, you probably already figured that out. Uh, but yes, now perhaps she has signed for the entire run of Series 9. Um, shocked, surprised, saddened, Paul? Um, probably surprised actually because I did think she would go. I thought so. Now it does say that it, she she was sort of uh, keeping Stephen Moffat on um, on on the edge of his seat with this one, wasn't she? Because she wasn't telling whether she was going to stay or go. She couldn't really make her mind up. Yeah. Uh, which leads me to believe whether that's what the reshoots were. And you sort of do get the double ending even on that. They could have ri- they could have written the last five minutes. Exactly. Could have gone a different way. Yeah. Without it changing the story at all. Yeah, that's what I that's what I think actually. I know we sort of skipped a little bit ahead to the um but we'll we'll, we'll come yeah. to that anyway when we get to our review. But yeah, yeah that, it does make me think whether that was a, a tagged on ending with Clara Stain. Yeah. And, and the fact that you look, they don't start shooting the next series till January. Most of this was set based. Yeah. Nearly all of it was set based, wasn't it? So yeah, there was no outside did, stuff. Was they there? didn't have to. There wasn't. They could reduce the amount of leaks that could come on it. No. So yeah, I think this was. This is one of the times where it was one of the chances they had to actually play along with the audience as to is this is somebody leaving or joining or whatever. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think. Well, personally, I'm kind of glad that she's staying. I think she's a, a bloody good actress. Actually, I know it has really. Hacked off a lot of people that she's staying. Um, I, I don't know if it's just because of the the plot arc for it. It was. I think you could pro- probably level at series eight. It was a little bit Clara heavy, rather yeah. rather than uh, than the Doctor. I think that's what people are picking up on. But uh, series nine, it'll probably be doesn't complete. It has to be, does it? No, no it doesn't. No, it, I mean, who knows what's going to happen in series nine? There could be a third, yeah. you know, a second companion added to the to the TARDIS crew next year, which um, a lot of people are. Seem to be saying there will be, 
um, and they seem to think it might be uh, the Shona character from right. from from Last Christmas, actually. Uh, so, which wouldn't be bad, I think. Actually, the Shona, yeah, Shona McCullough was, was the name. So, hmm, don't know, don't know, but. Who knows? They haven't started filming it yet. So yes, yes. So, uh, series thirty-five doesn't begin shooting until January or, no. or season nine, if you want to go new. Who? So uh, yes. So there we go. Now talking of um, the Doctor, as we do on this podcast, uh, the BFI recently had a poll. They were only since uh, August, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. To find out the greatest sci-fi character of all time, and the Doctor has taken the number one spot. Hooray! Yeah, in a in a in a British led poll, it's um, yeah. Yeah, um, it's surprised really if it didn't. I mean, but other, I mean, you know, Star Wars could, could never. It's actually surprising that to a certain extent that Star Wars Darth Vader doesn't get until three. Exactly. We're, we're, we're going to go through the top ten here actually because I think it's, it is because we discussed this before we start recording. It is quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah, that's gone in here. So um, number one, as we said, is the Doctor. Uh, number two is Ellen Ripley. Uh, of course, Sigourney Weaver from the Alien Saga. Uh, number three, we just said, was Darth Vader. Number four, Kerr Avon from Blake Seven. Yeah, I mean, just just really. <laughs> like to see what the if they brought out one of these of the voting age groups for this. <laughs> <laughs> I suspect the the thirty five to fifty year olds would have voted heavily. I think so. I think that's that's a real surprise. Uh, number five, Captain Malcolm Reynolds from Firefly. Uh, another one, the next one surprised me, Jakar from Babylon 5. Yeah, and just actually the A, Babylon 5. Yeah. But it's Jakar as well, yeah, to I know. be honest. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad about that, really, yeah. because I always, I mean, we're both big Babylon 5 fans, and yes. Jakar's one of my favourite characters. I don't know if he was yours as well, but he was certainly one of mine, and you think he, he was someone who really had a really good character arc. From yeah. season one right through to, to the end of season five, um, and, and I thought Andreas Cat Lucas, whatever I pronounce his name, uh, was a fantastic actor. So, That's despite modelling your hair on Londo, was it? <laughs> it's all I can do now. <laughs> it only grows around the bloody back; it's all thinner on top now. <laughs> the Londo Malari of Catford. Here. <laughs> okay, uh, number seven. Uh, How 9000 from 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, yeah, I could see that in the top 10. That that will go in mine, I think, actually. But they, and, and they are. And the BFI are, have, have resh- are re-showing that at the moment. Yes, like, they are indeed. I have indeed. been heavily showing that at the moment. Yes, that's So probably. you wonder. <laughs> that's at the forefront of people's minds there, isn't it? Yes. Uh, number eight, uh, Rick Deckard from Blade Runner. Uh, number nine, Han Solo from Star Wars. And number 10, Spark from the Star Trek saga, as it says here. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. That's quite... Yeah. Um... Interest, interesting. I mean, that the, I mean, the Avon gets in ahead of Kirk is rather... <laughs> yes, I know. Um, I'm trying to see where who, come, who comes bottom of the list here. Dr. Ellie Arroway from Contact. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't seen Contact, I assume. Uh, yeah, actually, I have, actually. You have? Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's not interesting that C-3PO's quite so... Far down the the list there. As much as this might stick in Anthony Daniels' throat, I don't think he's that well liked. Right. No, I suppose, no, no. But I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I, yeah. Perhaps I'm missing liked characters and recognisable characters. Here. <laughs> oh dear. Right. Should we get back on the topic of Doctor Who now? Shall we? 
<laughs> and right, and this really is the last stats of the year. Okay, the overnight ratings for last Christmas were 6.3 million viewers, which was a 27.5 percent um, share of the total TV audience. Yeah. And that puts it at number seven for the day. Uh, that's not yeah. too bad. Now, apparently it does say um, that that has been the lowest figure for a Doctor Who Christmas special. Yeah, but actually, the main thing looking at this list, I think it just bears out what was said um, earlier Steve, by Stephen Moffat, Stephen Moffat yes. about people just don't watch telly the same way. Exactly. Because you think the highest rated show only got 7.6 million mm. in a time when you can remember that you know, programs used to get 20 million on Christmas Day. Exactly, exactly. Well, so, I mean, here's, here's the comparison. The number one spot for the those Mrs. Brown's Boys Christmas special, now that got 7.6 million overnight, viewing yeah. figures. So there's only a 1.3 million difference between that and Doctor Who. So, it, as you say, you don't get the really big hitters on Christmas at Christmas anymore, do no. you? You really don't. And also to, to put it into into perspective as well, Mrs. Brown's Boys it had a thirty two point two audience share, which isn't a lot, really, is it? Interestingly, they split the Queen speech between BBC and ITV, and if you put them both together, it would have come third. <laughs> wow, blimey! I suppose they have to uh, separate them, really, don't they, for the yeah. benefits of the TV companies? But, but just on a basis, if you're talking about what do people watch, yeah, and um, and what are the viewing patterns, then to think that that the Queen's speech would be third well, is well, I would say then to most you, watch thing on Christmas well, Day. Yeah, I'd, I'd say to anyone then who's, who says the, and uh, only by point one of a million. Mm. I was going to say if anyone thinks that the, the royal family are no longer relevant and nobody cares, um, I think that probably. Sort of shoots that theory in the in the arm somewhat, doesn't it? I mean, if only she'd done strictly, she'd. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, yeah. No, but the thing is, though, Doctor Who's still in the top ten. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you do you do look at that though for the basically that for that period from what six fifteen onwards, mm. and you do get the feeling that most people just put BBC One on and just sat there with it on in the background for most of the day. Probably, probably because. Only Coronation Street managed to... Well, you see, the thing is, I I didn't even watch it at that time either. I didn't watch it until about 10 o'clock Christmas Day, you know, after the kids had gone to bed. I watched it about 9 o'clock Boxing Day. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, so I, I didn't add to those overnight viewing figures whatsoever, really. No. So. <laughs> now, um, of course, you'll all want to know what the appreciation... I'll say that again. The appreciation index is uh, for last Christmas. It's 82 yeah, which has been about the lowest for mm. all, well, equal, sort of, that's, that's been the low mark of recent episodes, hasn't it? It has been, it has been. Uh, I don't know uh, if women preferred it to men, or what the age group is, because it doesn't tell you, unfortunately. It's not going to tell us this time. It's not no. going to tell us this time. I think they must have known we were taking the piss out of it, so. They've stopped doing that since we did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. Eighty-two, you know, it's nothing yeah. to be nothing to be ashamed of, you know. But um, but the highest scoring programs for Christmas Day will call the midwife and Downton Abbey, which you would expect. They are the yeah. they're, they're the bums on seats programs, aren't they? Yeah. Really for BBC and ITV. So, who cares? For ITV, it is yeah. Yeah, 
Um, and plus the fact they're on that little bit later, because also Doctor Who was on at quarter past six, which has been one of the earliest yeah. start times um, since Capaldi took over the uh, you know took over the role. Uh, so it's a funny time of the day, Christmas that time of Christmas Day, isn't it? Yeah. You know, sort of people are just sort of still winding down or playing party games or or the, or the party you know, evening parties just sort of kicking off or people getting things ready. You know, it's 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 a strange time of day to be sitting down to watch the telly. Mm. Uh, yeah. Oh well, there we go. There we go. So that's it for the news uh, for the final time of 2014. We've got no Omega's tackle to bring you this time. Um, because th- <laughs> there's been really no tat at all leading up to Christmas. It's been really poor, hasn't it? Yeah. Very, very poor. So uh, I-, I never got anything Doctor Who actually related at all for Christmas. Um, all I got was the Series 8 box set on yeah. Blu-ray. That's I- I- I'd already bought that for myself earlier. Ah, fair dues, fair dues. Uh, but I did get uh, Space 1999 Series 1 on Blu-ray. Ah. So that's been one thing I've not worked for a long time. Sapphire and Steel as well on on. Uh, on Blu-ray. So, yeah. as you know, I got that about three years ago, and you'll probably still manage to watch it before I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've got I've got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to to watch now. But uh, yeah, I can't wait to see um, Space 1999 in in glorious Blu-ray high def. Can't wait. So anyway, anyway, back on the Doctor Who. So that's it for the news. So coming up very very shortly is our review of Last Christmas. So for another week and for another year, that was the news. Okay, then, everybody, it's time to have a look at Last Christmas. Stop. Seriously, you. You're Father Christmas, you're real. Of course I'm real. How can you not be real? Huh? How do you think those presents got under the tree every year? By magic? Well, I thought it was my mum and mum and, and dad. dad. Oh! <laughs> well, of course it was. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, your mum and dad, one day a year, for no particular reason, just out of the blue, suddenly decide to give you a great big pile of presents. No, 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 because they love you so much. <laughs> it's a lovely story, dear. Yeah, but it's time to start living in the real world, yeah? Okay. Right, Clara Oswald, uh, mostly famous travel book science kits. Strict ban on hair products, marginal for naughty list, 93. Believe her until the age of nine. Why did you stop? Because you're a fairy tale. I grew out of fairy tales. <sighs> did you, Clara? Did you really? I want you to step inside the TARDIS. I don't want you to talk. I want you to do as I ask, please. I was good with the box. Not often we get upstaged on a rooftop. Yes. I'm really here. I'm back. I'll get inside the TARDIS. I know what this is. I know what's happening. And I know what's at stake. I don't think you do, Doctor, but I promise before this Christmas Day is done, you will be glad of my help. Happy Easter. Who likes it, I know. Be sure to save some room for a tangerine, Doctor. Nobody likes the tangerines. And as you've been away for a while, Paul, you have the honour of kicking this one off. (laughs) 
you're tracking me out of my sick bed to talk about this, thank you. Um, I think overall, mm-hmm. I'm going to say now, despite myself, I actually reasonably enjoyed this. <laughs> now that, that sounds like damning with faint praise. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I really had a downer on this episode. I really? don't know why. Yeah. No, no, from, but 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 from before watching it, I don't know whether this was just my 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 natural grumpy state has just gone to a level lower than that because of Christmas. I don't know. <laughs> but um, Humbug. it was yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I just I think basically because we've been building up for the whole the whole series, we've been talking about being fairy tales and whatever. Yeah, and we've been talking about the fact of are we going to have a dream episode? Mm-hmm. A dream-based episode, and then when this one sort of started and it became that, and you just thought to yourself, "Oh, this is exactly what I thought it was going to be," and I'm not, you know, I couldn't necessarily get that excited about it. See, most people said exactly what I thought it was going to be. It's everything I ever wanted, <laughs> but not you. Exactly what I. <laughs> it's everything I thought it would be. Oh, I couldn't be more disappointed. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just what I thought I was going to get for Christmas. Oh, great. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> that's my usual age. It's Christmas. No, yes, yes. Um, now when you said in, in despite of yourself, yeah, no, because I st- started watching it and then I started for oh, this is yeah, this is this is exactly what I thought it was going to be like. And yeah, I sort of wasn't, and I almost I think sort of turned off a bit, mm. you know, mentally on it. And I found myself not particularly massively paying that much attention the first time I watched it. Yeah. Um, Watched it again today, and yes, it's it, it's a it's a it's a it's a good episode. I think um, not necessarily massively. You felt special in terms of a Christmas special, other than it's got Santa Claus in it. Had it had any other mythical um, said mythical person in it, um, <laughs> then it could have been the story based for any other time of the year. It wasn't particularly. Yeah, that I I think this is my this, this could have been this could have been a standard this could have been slotted in if you took Father Christmas had been some other character I mean if you'd done this episode and and the fictional character had been Robin Hood yeah I, this could have replaced the the third one yeah I was quite comfortable I was going to say exactly the same thing because I think this is my my issue I enjoyed it I did enjoy it's it's a a classic base under siege story yeah really with a little bit of a you know, a, you know, a twist on that with the whole dream thing, which we'll come to in a moment. Um, but uh, the whole, I felt the whole Santa Claus thing was just shoehorned in to make it a Christmas episode. Because as you say, you could have taken that situation, put it somewhere other than, than the North Pole, yeah, and put another fictional character in there, and it still would have worked. Yeah, you know, it it would make more sense to have uh, Robin Hood come to save you than Santa Claus. Yeah, and it, it could easily have just been that. Yeah. Now the other thing as well, if you're going to think of Santa Claus, it was like this group sort of you know group dream, and they thought of Santa Claus. Um, and I don't know why they all thought of him like that because it was probably as far removed from what you would think Santa Claus would be like that it could possibly be. Um, it, you know, like with the the elves with him were basically like little because when I saw first saw the the clip of that. Uh, on Children in Need, I thought the Santa and the elves were going to be a little bit more menacing. It seems like a bit of a um, a nasty undercurrent in that clip. 
Yeah. And I thought that's how it was going to be, but it wasn't at all. It, it was it was anything but that. But well, I don't know. I mean, they were. I mean, I think the hills were actually. The hills were, were quite sneery. And you had the thing about the balloon gun and the other one saying, "Well, this is this is dangerous. That's only a toy gun. But it's dangerous to anyone under seven. <laughs> but that's the thing. Why, why would anyone imagine or dream elves to be like that? I'd, when they're coming to, um, when they're coming to save you, because they were more or less sort of like threatening them. What I think on this was. This is this is probably why I started to like it a bit better because I sort of came up with this me trying to put it together myself yeah. in my head, which is probably wrong, but it does. But <laughs> the basis of the dream, because yeah. you also thought to yourself, well, if you're supposed to be having a dream and it's supposed to be the doctor saying the dream is something of, of good or whatever, mm. then why are they having this dream about being in a base under siege with creatures that grab onto you and suck your brains out? Yeah. Um. I think from that, we're supposed to be taking that this is um, Shona's dream that they've all joined. Because if you look at her list for Christmas Day, it basically was everything that's on this, wasn't it? You had Alien, was it The Thing? Miracle 34th Street. Yeah. Yeah. So it pretty much was all the characters from what she was thinking her Christmas Day was going to be. The cynicism, I suspect, comes from the fact that then this is the... This, the, the dream is then taken over. Everybody then contributes to the dream. And I suspect the cynicism of, of, of Father Christmas, Santa Claus, is the Doctor coming yeah, through. Yeah, I can see that. That's, that's actually quite a... That's actually sort of... <laughs> you've actually sort of sold me on it a little bit more now. Actually, Which is, I think, while like I that. sold it to myself better <laughs> the second time, I think. Because yeah, I started to yeah. see myself... All right, actually, I can sort of make some connections through this as to as to it not just being totally random dreams all being thrown together mm. yeah I, I think it was alluded to at the end as, as you say that this was um you know shauna's dream wasn't it, it, it yeah yeah it was, it was, it was, I'll definitely take that definitely but i think yeah, the other problem i've got with this i mean i loved it as a as a doctor who story yeah i loved it as a doc, as an episode of doctor who but it wasn't a good Christmas special. And the reason I, I say that, because I think the actual subject matter wasn't appropriate for yeah. a, a Christmas day. Mm. You know, things that attach themselves to your face and suck your brains out. I yeah. I, okay, the dream thing, that's very Christmassy. You, you can imagine that. But but the whole underlying thing about that, I, I didn't think that... I've got no problem with it. I just don't think it fitted a, a, as a theme of Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. getting getting back to that, I mean, you you probably could have swapped even something like um, Forest of the Night could have gone in yes. on Christmas Day at that time when most people are yeah are either because the, the the I always found the Christmas not paying that much attention yeah, yeah. I mean had a few drinks or yeah I mean if you, oh, if, you, if you if you if you put aside or young or both or young or both yes I mean, if you, if you put aside, <laughs> if you put aside um, last year's Christmas special which had. Uh, Wrap up all the plot threads for for the eleventh Doctor and say goodbye to to eleventh Doctor yeah. as well. Usually the Christmas specials it's a little bit of fluff, isn't it? You don't expect anything serious. It's a little bit of fun. It's meant to be in entertainment, enjoyable for everybody. And yeah, they and, have a more comedic yeah, yeah to it yeah. yeah, and which you can forgive for a Christmas special because it's not yeah. meant to be connected to anything at all. <laughs> so but, have you given the, the widow, the doctor, and the wardrobe? No, that one I cannot forgive because that was utter shite, to be honest. But, <laughs> but uh, it was Christmassy. There was no comedy in it, though. 
Oh, I don't know. <laughs> They're Bill Bailey for Christ's sake, and they just wasted it. Now, anyway, we've, we've we've done that one. This is this is last Christmas. Um, yeah. So, I, but this one, it was still tying up the whole Doctor Clara thing, and then it's sort of bringing their leftover relationship from Series Eight into the Christmas special, and and that, and that seemed to put a, a wrap it up and put a big bow on it at the end, didn't it? Really. To a certain extent. I mean, there wasn't massive amounts left over from that. I mean, it just was really... The thing to there was was to both admit they lied to each other on the last occasion of meeting. Mm. And once they'd got that out of the way, then there's no reason why they couldn't then go off together. No, exactly. But it was more the Doctor rather than Clara. It was the Doctor who... He was the one who wanted the second chance, wasn't it? I think Clara was just glad that he asked her. I yeah, don't, I don't but, think, but, she, I don't but, think her, she would her, have done if you hadn't have asked if you if you know what I mean. I, I, yeah, I don't think I don't think yeah she she was still not too sure as to where she where she stood with him. I mean, mm. also you've got to take how what she'd done to him at the in the last previous yes uh, time they met in the fact that she nearly tried to basically maroon him on a vol- on a volcano mm. with her. So. Yeah, you can understand her being quite wary about expecting him to take her back without until he asked. Yeah. But you did get the when she goes into the TARDIS and it's, you know, the look on her face to be back. Yeah, she was really, really pleased, wasn't she? So yeah, yeah. yeah. It's sort of like, why did I ever leave this? Yeah. You know, yeah. So yeah, I mean I think that I think that's another another issue. I think a lot of people had issues with this with this story. I, I seem to I've read quite a, I've not read any reviews, listened to any other podcasts and reviews about this yet. But from what I've seen, sort of you know tweets and everything, there's a lot of negativity towards this story, and, huh. and mainly because they say people are saying it's very derivative of uh, other other Doctor Who stories or other or films or whatever. But that was the point. Yeah. And, I, and if I, it's going to be a dreamlike state, then you can you sort of can get away with that. I mean, if it is based on the fact that it's her dream and this is what she this is what her plans for Christmas Day were, yeah. Then yes, it's going to be derivative of those films. Yeah. Now I think I was um, I think it was Mr. Chris from the Pharos Project uh, put an interesting um, post on their Facebook group, and uh, it, it was a it was a tweet that somebody put that um, it's it something on the lines of. Uh, Philip Hinchcliffe uh, used sort of like re- reference loads of like different old horror movies, science fiction, and it's declared genius. Stephen Moffat does the same thing, and it's hashtag Moffat out. Yeah, which just hits the whole. Oh, that just hits the nail right on the head. There, I really do not understand what people's arguments are with, yeah. with, uh, against, mean, against Moffat. If, I really if don't. You're, if you're going to have that, that you can't have something that's derivative of, of another film, then. Right, for the first of all, let's burn your copy of Brona Morbius, for starters. Exactly. Because that's just Frankenstein. Yeah, it is. Or burn your copy of Talons of Wen Chiang, because that's just basically um, Fu Manchu, really. Yeah. And Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. You know, so I mean, <laughs> come on guys, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make no. any sense for saying, he's, okay, if people are saying, oh, he's already done this in a previous episode of Doctor Who, well... I think someone else pointed out, well, you take any story from the classic era of Doctor Who and they were all basically base under siege with a rubber monster in it. You had yeah. some you had some good guys, bad guys. The bad guys usually fell victim to the big rubber monster at the end. And and it's the same thing week in, week out, but nobody takes a blind bit of notice of that. No. Because no. that's what it's meant to be. Yes, it was. So, um 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've read these sort of comments on, on a few like, Facebook groups, so forgive me if I'm sort of paraphrasing um, people's um, comments here, but um, I, I think it's on the money. It's bang on the money. Yeah. It really is. You know, it's... Um, I, I just cannot see the, the argument against Moffat. But, you know, it, it's not for everybody. No. We've gone through the whole series. I mean, we've liked most of Series 8, haven't we? We have, yeah. Um, um, and there have been people that haven't liked it at all. No. And, so... Which is fine. It's your opinion. You're entitled yeah. to it. Um, and but, I'm sure there's episodes that they have loved. And we haven't. I, yeah. That's, you know, horses for courses. That's um, what it's all it's, about. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean... Not necessarily. I mean, I think Series 8 is probably the most we've agreed on episodes between us. I think it is, actually. Yeah. Well, without shadow of a doubt, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> without shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just, just live and let live, people. You know, that's that's all it is. That's all, you know, that's all it is at the end of the day. You know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. It's, okay, some people shout louder than most, but hey. There you go. Um, but anyway, get, getting back to, to the review of this episode. Yes, getting back to it. Getting rather than the review of fandom in general. Yes, indeed. Well, no, no, it's, it's born out of comments to do with this episode, yeah. really. It, it, it's yeah. sort of, you know, the, 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 you know, the accusations have been derivative. Um, sorry, it doesn't really hold any sort of water. Not with me, anyway. It really doesn't. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so anyway, getting back to the, the, an actual review of this. Um, now, what do you think about the dream things how many times do you reckon that people was it four dreams um well you've got to start off that the fact that the first the very first they're all they're already dreaming when we first meet them yes in this episode yes so that's one yeah you then have um when they all get captured in the before Santa, before Father christmas shows yeah. up and supposedly rescues them yeah that's dream number two yeah then clara does the old Danny Pink thing, which we'll come to in a minute as well. Number yeah, three, it's captured, yeah, by the by the rogue one, the yeah. jar. So she then re- they re- then return back to dream number two, yeah, and then we we get dream number four, which is old Clara, I yeah. think, yeah, yeah, and the fifth and final thing is supposedly back in the real world, yeah, yeah, okay, or is it, or is it indeed, indeed? Now some people have been saying, but when um. The Doctor wakes up on looks like a volcano planet. Is that the beginning of Dark Water? Because it looks remarkably similar. I don't people just reading a lot of things, reading something yeah. that isn't you know into it that isn't there. Uh, because Clara would have had to have been with him, wouldn't she? She would have been. Yeah, yeah. So, oh well, it's. Uh, but do you know the you know what the one of the other theories I, I've um, read as well? You know that tangerine. Yeah. That's left from the window, which to me said, Father Christmas does actually exist. Someone said, no, that's Gallifrey. Right. And they were serious. Okay. okay. That actually said, because it, it was under the Doctor's nose all the time. It was Gallifrey. And I thought, utter bollocks. They're taking, they're taking the orange from uh, the end of time part two, aren't they? The, the, <laughs> yeah, you know, the orange planet. Gallifrey was an orange exactly. planet. Exactly. It's got the orange sky. Yeah. It, yeah. It was, yeah. So basically, it, it was that tangerine. Yeah. Utter festive bollocks. That's what I'm going to say to that. You're going to look really silly when that turns out to be true, aren't you? Now? <laughs> If it is, I shall stop watching Doctor Who. <laughs> Hoist by my own patella there, I think you'll find. <laughs> it ain't nothing but tangerines for the rest of his life. <laughs> oh, crikey. If my air falls out, it might look like a sodding tangerine. But <laughs> um, yes. no, yeah, What I was going to say, actually, getting back to this. Yeah. Yeah, 
Uh, I think I loved most of the performances in this. Can't fault them. Yeah, I don't think there was a duff performance in this, actually. No. Uh, I really don't. I think everyone says that the standout performance in this uh, was from, what's her name, Faye Marseille, who played yeah. Sh- Shona McCullough. Um, or McCulloch, where you want to pronounce it. Yeah, she was great. Um, but the know, others were yeah, I pretty thought, good supporting. I, thought, I mean, Michael Trout didn't really do a lot, did he? No, he didn't. I didn't listen. It's, you felt sadly underused. Yeah, I mean, oh, I did uh, like that thing about you said they look a bit like facehuggers. Yeah, everyone yeah, looks. What do you mean? Oh, you know, facehuggers from that film Alien, the horror, the horror film Alien, and the doctor says, "Oh, what? You've got a horror film called Aliens, and over they can all keep invading you." <laughs> yeah. So I, I did like that line, but uh, but that's all he really did. When they then sort of get sucked uh. into the television at the end. But yeah, I was a bit disappointed actually, and he's a bit of a groper. As well, his yeah, character. Uh, yeah. The thing, yeah, do you, you understand the plan? Yeah. Well, no, I was following it up until he touched my knee. <laughs> uh, I thought uh, Natalie uh, Gamedi was good as well, actually. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, they just had to... Under, they, they didn't need to play massive parts in terms of that, did they? They had to just be convincing in the fact that they believed where they were. Yeah, that's it, really. Yeah, so, and, I, and I, thought she was, oh, I thought she was utterly... Utterly brilliant in it, actually. Um, I think, and I like the I mean, fact of the idea that they work out if they was all dreaming was that they all had the manual and read. That was I love line. that bit. I love that bit. That, I Just that from was the great. fact, you know, that there's obviously if they've never read it before, they couldn't all come up with the same. Although, mm. having said that, mm. there's got to be a shared consciousness there for the fact that otherwise they would all be seeing something different, completely different. Well, I think it goes and back, hearing something completely yeah. different. Yeah, it goes. It goes back to that whole thing. They're in. They are in Shona's dream, aren't they? Yeah, really. They're just all linked into her dream, and it's that whole thing of a. Uh, what was it like a hive? It's like a hive dream, yeah. isn't it? Rather than a. But hive why are they not all then picking up what she sees in the book? Exactly. I'm not sure. Not, they're oh, they're I, picking up everything. Do you know what? It's a Christmas special. You should, you should, I know. You should, I know. Be, you should I know. allow I all those sort of that until, until we'd said how much we liked it. No, I did. I did. I, I, do you know what? No, I, mean, I, did, I did like it, and I did that, think it was a good know, idea. And I'm yeah. not going to let that spoil it, the fact that it no. perhaps doesn't stand up necessarily. No, probably not. Probably not. Um, but, I mean, going back to... And then you sort of get that Stephen Moffat himself by putting in the Doctor saying, you know, how dreams don't always make sense. Well, As if to say, like, if you want to pick holes in this, then that's my get out anyway, and I've said it now. <laughs> well, I think you like this. You've got to have a get out, haven't you? Yeah. But, um, now, what I was going to say, um, coming back to Natalie Gamedi, I wouldn't have minded she turned out to be the companion. Yeah. If, if I was going to pick someone from this story, I would have picked her. Yeah. Um, and it was just nice to, because I think the, the Shona character would have I, quickly turned into one of those fast-talking... Would have, would have might might end up grating on you after a while because it would have been the sort of stupid companion, a bit lippy. Yeah, yeah. I that I think that would have worn off. You know, the effect that would have worn off very very quickly. Um, but now my my money would have been on Natalie Gamedi. Actually, I yeah. think she would her, her character um, Ashley Carter. I think would have been a better fit. To be honest, I really do. That that's just my personal opinion, anyway. But um, and and. The other one, actually, in the fact that um, when they all start waking up, that Fiona Bellows, the Scottish lady, is in a yes. wheelchair. Yeah. That is, a, you suddenly think, well, that's a... And she starts to get up and realises. Yeah, she just doesn't realise she's in a wheelchair. She's sort of no. stuck, stuck between... In that dream, yeah. yeah. But, 
that, that, that was quite a nice little moment. I, I felt actually that she she just didn't realise. Yeah, she went to as you say, you could, the, the the frame of the the shot you couldn't see the wheelchair. No, could she just you? looked like she was sitting down, didn't she? Yeah. she slightly pulled out just that bit, just as she started to. Yeah, because there was that chair behind her, wasn't there as yeah. well? So yeah, no, I like that. I, I did like that. Um, just sort of a thing that you know, this is this is where dreams are. Yeah. You know, everything in your dreams can be totally different to real life. Yeah, that's it. Um, but uh, what about Nick Frost to Santa Claus? Um. I think, yeah, I think it, it covered what they wanted to do with him, and for him to be a, a cynical, yeah, in it, and not the you know friendly hero. I think did work. I think so. I think I think, I think had it been the friendly, cuddly Santa Claus, it really would have wouldn't have worked at all in that situation. No, it's it's a character you can easily overdo, and yeah. I think I think he was quite understated in it. And I think they got the, got the amount he was in it quite good in the fact that he came and went rather than from the moment he turned up. Mm. That was something else that I was slightly worried about, that he was actually going to be there all the time as a main character through it. But you sort of just, he just sort of turned up when they needed him. Well, it, do, it does seem Which to... Which, again, works as a dream. It does, but it does seem to continue that trend that I don't particularly like in, in Doctor Who, and this has been since it came back in 2005, uh, that it's... Another case of the Doctor not actually saving the day. It's another character that does it. It's Santa Claus, basically, rescuing this time. And that, um, hap- and that happens quite a bit. You don't get the thing where the Doctor actually comes up with the resolution to the problem so much anymore. And I don't, I don't know if it's such a good thing to do it all the time. But to be honest, other than taking them away, being a mode of transport, which the Doctor then, you presume, conjured up, was the bit of the Doctor conjuring him back up to come. Because at that point he says, "Who are you going to call?" But, um, uh, yeah, but again, that's left up to interpretation. It could have been more Clara again, because she's the one who stays with Santa Claus at the end. Yeah, she doesn't want to go. So again, it could have been Clara saving the day rather than the Doctor. So there's there's two ways it can go there. Um, yeah, and I'd I'd just like to see the Doctor just save the day outright once in a while, and it doesn't seem to happen that often anymore. No, it, it just seems to happen by accident or the companion will save the day or, or in the end of um, series 8 it was Danny Pink who saved the day yeah and I actually quite like that as the scene in with well, him being back in it well it made sense didn't it that, um, that would yeah, be Clara's dream if Clara's going to dream at this point it's going to dream that she's having this perfect Christmas with him yeah and whatever but just the, the facts on what you're saying about him saving the day and when the Doctor says he saved the world mm. and he said I didn't yeah, I saved Clara. You just thought everyone else just got lucky. Yeah, I thought it was a really good line. That was good. I like that. I like that. There's a lot of people actually complained about Danny Pink coming back in as well. They're just saying they had their tearful farewell, and that should have been it done. But what else was it going to be? Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, you, if you're going to uh, do it in this situation, you can you, you can get away with it because it was done in that sense that this was her dream world. Yes, and there's no reason why. It'd be more odd if, in her dream world at that particular point in time, he wasn't in there. Yeah, that's right. If, she, if she's going to have her perfect Christmas day, yeah, then it yeah, it would have been more odd if he hadn't been there. Yeah, it would have been if, she, if her perfect Christmas day had been sitting there crying because he wasn't there. Yeah, that wouldn't no, that wouldn't have been right. That wouldn't have been right. So no, I think I think in the, in the context of this episode, I think the return of Danny Pink worked, but it's still saying he's dead. Yeah, there, there's no. I don't think there's any going back from that. 
yeah, this wasn't. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's actually one of the things worried about this episode was that Santa's gift to her was going to be him back alive. <laughs> well, we, wasn't we, it? we did think that, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Um, think that. You sort of half thought, oh no, that's not. I don't want that. I mean, so but yeah, once you've been put it all in the fact that from basically before the start till the final minutes or so, everything else is a dream. Yes, it is. Yeah. You can basically do what you like. I think so. I think you can. I think you can. I think on on the whole, I did enjoy it. I don't think it's one of the the classic Christmas stories for Doctor Who. Um, no. But by no means was it was, was it the worst. No, I mean it, 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 it probably was. Yeah, it probably just actually was a bit too dark for a Christmas story. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, uh, would have more enjoyed it, I think, had it been part of the A series. Hmm. And yeah, without. With, with with some other character other than Santa Claus being the character that keeps coming in, yeah, and out. Do you know? I, I think after this, I think they should just drop the Christmas subtext from any further Christmas specials. They've they've done it all now, haven't they? Where'd you go after Father Christmas? The birth, well, of, to the, a certain the, extent, you know, the, yeah. the birth of Christ. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I just think there's nowhere left left to go now with with the whole Christmas theme. Yeah. But totally. I mean, it, it has really as such been more Moffat than even RTD that's taken it this far. You know, you sort of feel he he set himself up with the first three because he had good ideas to do. Well, the the, the the widow, the doctor, and the wardrobe perhaps wasn't quite a good idea, but it but it was the sort of Narnia thing, mm. and he had that as a sort of plot to his story. Mm. So it sort of tied in with Christmas. Um. Yeah, after that, he's sort of now shoehorning Christmas in, and you just think to yourself, actually, you're better off just not, not necessarily. Yeah, just don't bother. I mean, I think, you know, last year's one, just to make sure it was a Christmas special, the town was called Christmas. Yeah. You know, so... Um, all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it was a little bit... I think, yeah. I think, I think just, just drop the Christmas thing now. I mean, I mean, as far as... I mean, some of RTDs, was, as far as they got to Christmas, was, was a Christmas tree attacking, wasn't it? And that's about it, And, really. ro- and robot Santas. Yeah. You know, and that's now, otherwise, that could have been any other time. Yeah, exactly. So... Oh, well, so are we... Actually, one thing we haven't... Two things... Well, two people we haven't spoken about. It's actually Jenna Coleman and uh, Peter Capaldi. Yeah. Uh, I, I think they just carried on where they left off, really. Yeah. No, he, no, they are a good know, double acts, I think. They are. Uh... I, you know, Capaldi still continues to to wow me in the role. Mm. He really does, um, and to a certain degree, so is Jenna Coleman. I just, I just hope they do something different with her next time. Well, just just let it settle down now. Yeah, exactly. You know, we've... they've now established the relationship, so now let the situation take over and be the main thing, and let their relationship be the secondary thing. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's what right. it needs to become now. Totally agree. Totally agree. So. Um, the one thing, actually, that I have got to say that I didn't like in this episode... Go on. And that was the reindeer. Yeah. I think it was almost a case of, if you're not able to do them really well... Mm-hmm. Don't do then, them at all. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least limit the amount you're going to do them. Yeah. Rather than keep bringing them back into shot. Yeah, that, um, that scene of, the, of uh, Father Chris on the back of Rudolph... The rearing yeah. up, um, the that, sort of Lone Ranger thing. Yeah, that didn't look good. Didn't look good. No, neither did actually when they was just running free in the opening bits. Yeah, the pre they... the pre credit sequence. Yeah, it yeah, didn't, it didn't look it didn't look good at oh. all actually. Um, 
Yeah. And the, and the sleigh ride could have been a bit shorter as well. It could have been. It wasn't a bad moment, though. I think it was good to see the Doctor just being a bit joyful, or this incarnation yeah. of the... I, mean, I, think, just... I think that was it. I think that's about the first time you've really seen him happy, isn't it? As, it as the un- doctor. Unabashed glee, wasn't it? That yeah. sort of, you know... It's yeah. just it's sort of like, you know, with Santa said, oh, you know, do you want, do you want to have a go of the reins? You sort of, you sort of thought about, well, you're just a, a, a construct. Yeah. And then he just sort of, oh... Oh God! Do you want to go though? Yeah, I'll go on then. It was sort of, you know, sort of gave yeah. into his um, his his fun side a little bit there, didn't he? Yeah. But no, that was good. I thought that was a nice little moment, you know, especially for this doctor who hasn't had many moments like that, has he? So. No. no, it has all been serious. Yeah, it's, yeah. But uh, but yeah, yeah, I quite, I, you know, I did quite enjoy it. I quite enjoy. It. I don't think it was necessarily a good Christmas story. No, yeah, it's it's it. Yeah, I don't mind watching it again, but just not going to be one that I'd necessarily reach for in an idle moment. No, no, me neither. Although now, I suspect actually that I might. Oh, sorry, I'm just going to carry on talking over you now. <laughs> I suspect it might be one of those ones that actually grow on you. I think it will. I think it will actually. Um, I mean, I, I, it won't take much for it to grow on me because I said I, I, I did enjoy watching it. As yeah. I said, I don't. Th- I, the, my problem with it is I don't think it's a a suitable story for Christmas Day. No. If you put that in the middle of Series 8 and took out Father Christmas, would have been fine. Yeah. Really? I think it would have been. But uh, there we go. Now, obviously, one thing we, we we did learn at the end of this episode, and also we, we learned during the week, actually, um, that the first episode of Series 9 has a title now, and, of course, it is The Magician's Apprentice. Yes. Uh, which... Which is why this is what made people say that the Shona McCullough character is going to be a companion of the Doctor because she calls him a magician. She does, but so does but so, so does, does Santa. Santa. So yeah. but that, that's the whole hook. And so has actually Capaldi himself, the the twelfth Doctor in this series itself. Yeah. When he said, didn't he say he wanted to go for something mysterious and ended up with magician? Yeah. About his costume early on. Yeah. So. But that's that's the whole reason people have said that, oh, yeah, she's going to be the next companion. I think everyone was just really disappointed when it turned out she wasn't going to be. But she still might. Oh. There might be a, a third person on the, on the TARDIS next year. Or it could be read that this date is going to be Clara now, as the, as the the Doctor was turning him turning her into him. Could have been. That this is now the continuation of that. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Is Clara going to have the arc that Ace never had? Well... Makes you wonder, doesn't it? Makes you wonder. I, I don't know if they pick up on something like that after all this time. No. Don't know. <laughs> don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Well, I think that's just about it now, isn't it? Yeah. Really? I, think I, think, I think we've... Um, covered sort of, that. I think we have. We think we have. Now, um, we shall return in the new year, um, but we won't be back next week, though. We won't be back in the first week of January because um, we just haven't got time to re- watch... Listen, read, and record in, in, no. the week, in the week leading up to uh, to the New Year's celebrations. So I've, I've got to take to my bed for another week. <laughs> <laughs> but we will return um, in two weeks' time. So we're having a sort of bit, a bit of this is an unplanned break week, really. But um, it, it's uh, it's got to be done, I'm afraid, because we just haven't got time to do anything re- uh, podcast wise. So um, unfortunately, we have to make you wait another couple of weeks. 
that's our present to you. That's our present to you. However, um, if you wish to hear my dulcet tones on another podcast, and I can't see why you would, um, but um, if you head on over to the Blue Box podcast from uh, Starburst, Starburst magazine, I should say. What's Starburst? What's Starburst? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you know what? Even I'm sure I haven't been drinking now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we said about doing that one piece? It's really working. It's really working, yeah. Yes, the Blue Box podcast from Starburst magazine. Um, I took part on their Christmas special amongst many other worthy uh, uh, podcasters than I. Um, so it's hosted by uh, J.R. Suddle. And if you also listen to, to that, if you listen right through to the end of all our little bits... There is a fantastic interview um, that JR did with Philip Morris, which is definitely worth listening to. So head on over to there to listen to that in the meantime. If you haven't listened to it already, and if you haven't, just do it anyway, because it's, it's a damn good episode. Yes, so. I will, I will. <laughs> yes, just do it now, well. now, now, now. I haven't been well, I keep doing it. <laughs> right, so um, really it just leads us to wish all of our listeners a very happy new year. May all your dreams come true. Don't bother New Year's resolutions because they never bloody work out. Just just do what you want to do, really. So, <laughs> so um, it's goodbye from me and a happy new year from me as well. And it's goodbye from me and a happy new year from me. Goodbye. To the Who's He podcast, please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast, and please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Mm-hmm.